Well, good day and uh, welcome to you, every nation, Mobela. Um, my name is Ratif Berger and uh, I send greetings, as you can see, from a pretty cold uh, Twane Every Nation Church. And uh, I'm basically at this point uh, part of a very fresh church plant in the wonderful suburb of Ilardes Park in uh, Twane, Pretoria, if you might know the area. Um, yep, uh, a couple of years ago we had the privilege of sending out Mike and Linda and their two awesome boys, Luke and Josh, um, out of our Linwood congregation to uh, Every Nation Mbombela. And, um, and now it's more than two years later. Now I've been sent out again. Uh, the congregation that I've, I've led at Linwood, um, I've handed over to one of our elders there, Donnie, and to Sandra the Toy. And that's what we do. We're a church planting family with a passion for the nations and the passion to make disciples, raise leaders and plant churches. And I can just say it's really going well here in, uh, in Elijah's Park. And uh, God has really added to us. We've, we've grown. We've, we've baptized people in the COVID time in lockdown. We've seen people come to Christ and we're so humbled to see how God builds his church. And it's such an honor to be sharing with you today. I know you guys are working through foundations and uh, I have one or two testimonies to share as we're going to specifically look at the foundation of grace in our lives. Now, for me personally, grace has saved me, grace has changed me, it's transformed me, grace has absolutely uh, kept on saving me in my walk with Jesus Christ over the almost 26, 27 years since I've surrendered my life to Jesus. And grace is a person in, in more than one way. Grace is Jesus Christ personified. I think of John 1 verse 17 that speaks of Jesus coming to bring grace and truth. And when I'm going to speak about grace today, I pray that God will open up your heart and speak deeply to you as this is one of the core foundations that we need in our own lives and as we disciple other people to lay those strong foundations and the foundation of grace into people's lives. So um, I want you to, to close your eyes with me and, um, and just, just receive. I'm going to pray that God would speak to us today in, in this short message on grace. Let's open up our hearts as I pray. Oh Lord, thank you for grace. Lord, thank you that grace came down. Lord, it's, it's so amazing to be able to sing about amazing grace. Even as this is a global theme this year, the grace, Lord, the grace of God. How many times in scripture we read about the grace of God. I pray, Lord, that um, he would use my simple words and the power of the scripture to maybe today transform people through your amazing, amazing grace. Lord, I honor you and I praise you and I love you and bless this amazing, amazing plant. Amen. Amen. Now, as I said, I had the privilege of walking with, with Mike and Linda also in our context in Tswane and also in Limwood Corrugation. And you guys are in amazing hands. What an amazing couple that you have leading your wonderful congregation. So when I speak about grace, um, I'm reminded of, of the day when, when I first understood something of grace. 
I was about 13, 14 years old. I grew up in a Christian home, in an Afrikaans-speaking um, home. Uh, grew up in the church world. Uh, did my uh, Sunday school classes and all of that. And one day at one of these Sunday school classes, there was a teacher, one of the volunteers, a parent, that came up to our little group. And he asked us a specific question. He first asked us to close our eyes. And then he said, on a scale or percentage of one to hundred percent, what would your chance be if you died today that you will be in heaven? And I remember closing my eyes and, and in that moment kind of scoring myself a, a 75% because I think I had a pretty good week. Um, I think I obeyed my parents and I helped the old lady over the street and I didn't swear too much and yeah, I think I would have made it that week. But hey, not two, three weeks ago, then I probably would have scored 35% and that was my thinking. And, but okay, I'm, I'm opening up my eyes and I'm quite confident and luckily he didn't ask us what our percentages were. If I would ask you that same question today, what would your percentage be? What would your chance be to be in heaven? First of all, your question probably would be on, on, on what merit? How do I measure my percentage? Well, then most people would say, uh, like I thought in that moment, uh, my deeds, what I've done, what I've thought, what I've spoken, my acts. If you would score yourself, what would it be? Are you maybe today a 20 percenter? You feel like you've messed too much up in your life. You've, you've missed the cut. You've, you've, um, you've turned your back on God. You've done too many grievous sins. Or maybe um, you're like me, scoring a 75 percent, even more, 80 percent, well, let's say 98 maybe or 95. So. When I opened my eyes, he spoke to all of us and he said, okay, if you didn't score 100%, then you're in trouble. You will not make it to heaven. And I was like, what? 100%? Who can score 100? Hey, come on. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. Uh, only he was probably the 100%. But And then he said, well, here's the thing is that God demands justice because he's holy. He is righteous and he cannot allow anyone in his presence that is not perfectly holy and perfectly pure and just. And then I was like, well, then doom is me. Woe is me in the words of Isaiah 6. Then who can be saved? And then this wonderful teacher shared the good news. He said, well, here's the good news. God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, A.K., his hundred percenter, the perfect son, the holy, righteous Jesus, to come and die in our place on earth. So that through faith in Jesus and by grace, I can receive him and clothe myself with his hundred percent. His cloak of what the Bible calls righteousness. His 100%. And therefore, I can enter eternity with Him. And I can know for sure 
that I can be with Jesus. Now, that wasn't the day when I gave my life to Jesus, but that's the first time when I heard the gospel explained like that. You see, we have people like that, that story of the, of, the, of the tax collector beating his chest and, whoa, me, I'm a sinner. And then you have the Pharisee on the other hand. Let's say the tax collector standing before the temple of God and crying out, Lord, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. He's probably scoring himself a 5 or a 10% because he knows that he is sinful. And not just his sinful acts, but his sinful nature. And he needs to be saved from both of them. On the other hand, you have the passage of the, where, 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 where the Pharisee says, Whoa, I'm so thankful I'm not like that sinner, like that tax collector. What is he doing? He's scoring himself probably 90, 95% because he only thinks about his acts, not his sinful nature. But scripture is clear. All of us are born into sin and we have a sinful nature. We are called children or objects of wrath before God. We need a savior, the 10 percenter and the 95 or 98 percenter. That religious person, we all need a savior. We all need grace. And a couple of months later, I did surrender my life to Jesus. And I accepted this free gift of grace, the gift of salvation. And I came to Jesus. If you ask me now, Retief, how sure are you that you would be in heaven if you would die today? I would immediately tell you, 100% sure. Why? Because of what I've done? No. But because of what Jesus did, the 100% that came to earth. And I have two or three small scriptures I want to share with you to, to help you understand grace. Now, when I, when I speak about grace as a foundation in my life, I can tell you it keeps unfolding the longer I walk with Jesus. Because grace in its essence means unmerited favor unmerited favor we do not deserve it but it's favor it is a gift and uh, as you would go through the one-to-one -one booklet you would you would discover amazing grace and I want to jump into one or two of these scriptures what does grace do and then also how do we receive grace now firstly I want to jump into Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 it says the following, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Speak about that boasting, that 80, 95 percent, your works, your acts, you think you deserve salvation and the other person don't. No, no. God says so that no one can boast. So that the. Let's call it the, the serial killer, the serial sinner, and the person who maybe grew up in a, in a good home, and even a Christian home like myself, all have the same testimony, that we can be saved by grace. I've had many people come to me and say, well, Ratif, I don't have this massive conversion story, where I was a drug addict, or a murderer, or a rapist, or something really bad according to the people's standards and then I came to Jesus and everything changed I, I, I just kind of grew up in a Christian home and at some points I gave my life to Jesus but it's not this massive conversion story and then I look them in the eye and I'm saying and I tell them you have no idea what you've been saved from 
You have no idea of the grace. Because it's not just our sinful acts or as the scriptures say, our works. It is our sinful nature that needs saving. And that's the first thing that grace does. Grace saves us. You see, through salvation, we are born again into the very nature of God, which empowers us now to live a godly life. It's this grace that saves us to become children of God. That's why we can sing that song, Amazing Grace. And this scripture says the following. He says, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And there's your hint. How do we receive grace? The first hint is through faith. That is how we receive. And that, that faith is only possible when somebody says, I cannot save myself. I need a savior. You see, faith isn't just a pie in the sky. It's not just a hope. It's not blind. Faith is an action. It's an action built on the word of God. So through faith, not from ourselves, it is a gift of God. Grace that saves us. And therefore, friends, um, if you've never ever come to the place where you are so hit and aware and undone by your own need for a savior, then maybe today is that day for you. You can be saved. Whether you are scoring yourself a 10% or a 15 or you feel like, no, there can be grace for those people, but not for me, then I have good news for you. There's grace for you as well. And there's grace for you before you can go and change your life, before you can go and make amends or reconcile or say sorry. Why can I say that? I think of the, of the robber, most probably a murderer, maybe a thief um, in, in more than one way that hung on the cross next to Jesus. And in that moment, he surrendered his life to Jesus. In, in many ways, he prayed the sinner's prayer and saying, Lord, please think of me when you are in paradise. And, and then Jesus says, well, today you will be with me in paradise. Before he could change his life, before he could go and make right, in that moment, in his, in his sinful state, his sinful nature, his sinful acts, Jesus saved him by grace. So for you, I want to tell you today, there is grace for you, my friend. There is grace for salvation. It's like the story of the younger brother, the prodigal son, who ran away, who squandered his life. There was grace for him. But you know what today? There's also grace for the older brother. There's also grace for the Pharisee. There's also grace for you who think, well, I'm not that bad. I think I can save myself. Friend, you cannot save yourself. You too need grace. And that's the second hint. Of how do we receive grace? The first one was by faith. But the second one, it's by humility. Where you lay down your pride. The thinking that you can save yourself. And you say, well Jesus, I need a savior too. Please, would you come and save me? Whether you're the 10 percenter or the 90 percenter in your head. Like myself, I was 75. I thought I'm okay, but no, I wasn't okay. I need a savior and you need a savior as well. Now here's the amazing thing. 
Grace not only saves us the day when we are born again, when we are transformed by grace, when we get a new nature. And Jesus literally, by His Holy Spirit, takes out the cold stone heart, as the book of Ezekiel says, but He gives us a new nature, a new heart. Grace also keeps on saving us. Another way of saying it is in the words of, um, of Timothy Keller, an amazing preacher um, that speaks about the, the power of the gospel. He says the gospel isn't just the ABC, meaning how do you get into heaven or how do you get into the kingdom. Now the gospel is the A2Z, the same gospel that saved you for me, 28 September 1994 when I was born again. Is the same gospel that keeps on saving me year in July of 2020. It's the same gospel. It doesn't mean every time I'm born again. No, it means every other area in my life that needs saving, that needs sanctification, happens through that same grace, that same gospel. You see, the Bible speaks about two major things happening in our lives when, when we come to Jesus. It's justification. And then there's another process called sanctification. I'm just going to say this in Afrikaans for some of you who might be speaking Afrikaans and do not understand these big words. Um, justification is rechtvaardig maken. And sanctification is heilig maken. I'm sanctified. Now justification happens in a moment. In a moment. When we are born again, we put our faith in Jesus and receive this gift of grace. We are changing places with Jesus. In a moment, we get a new nature. In a moment, we are justified. We are set free. In a moment, God's word over you is you are saved. It's like a Facebook status that cannot change. It's a status, it's a gospel status that you receive to be called a son of the living God, a daughter of the Most High God. And that happens, friends, in a moment. So with that being said, sanctification is a lifelong process. Justification in a moment, sanctification is a walking out where the gospel, the truth, keeps on penetrating my heart and it keeps on saving me. For instance, in my, in my life, I was born again, but I had a major struggle with pornography. I had a very long struggle with pornography. Um, even after I was born again, I, I went in cycles where I really struggled with this thing and I wanted to beat it. I knew it was wrong, but I struggled with it. But by the sanctifying grace, of Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit I was set free of that thing and I'm so thankful that I'm free and and this is where grace comes in now the second thing that grace does it not only saves us it empowers us to live a godly life Titus 2 verse 11 to 12 says the following for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Many people today actually teach or embrace 
a very cheap grace. A grace that says, well, I can keep on sinning. Yes, I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. But come on. What's so bad about this sin? I can just keep on living in this thing and Jesus will just forgive me again and again and again. And we don't take sin seriously. We don't understand the Lordship of Jesus seriously. So what do we do? We just kind of make an excuse for our sin. Paul addresses this a lot in the book of, of Romans where he speaks about grace. And, and then he says, well, do not understand that grace is now suddenly a license to keep on sinning. No, if you understand the cost of grace, what it costs Jesus, you will not want to keep on sinning. But grace doesn't just save you. This scripture says it empowers you to say no to sin. In the scripture, no to ungodliness and worldly passions. In my case, it was pornography. For you, what might it be? Greed, jealousy, gossip, anger, frustration, uh, worry. What are the things that you need grace for in your world and in your life? That God can change you, that he can transform you. You see, here's the thing about grace. Grace is literally a supernatural ability to say no to sin and to say yes to godliness. Let's say no to sin and for instance, say yes to godliness. Let's speak about something that's godly. To love your wife by laying down your life. To make disciples. Friends, I need a lot of grace to make disciples because many times I'm scared. Many times I'm discouraged in making disciples. What do I need? I need more grace. That is the power of grace in our world and in our lives. So how is that grace activated? You see, the thing is, grace that empowers helps us to do what is humanly impossible. It's like a superpower that we have as Christians, grace. But how is grace activated? One, as I said, by faith, but secondly, by humility. You see, when I think about grace in my life, grace comes when I have repented. It's that moment where the truth hits you about a certain sin in your life. For me, it was pornography um, at that stage. Now it might be impatience. Now it might be just plain disobedience. And in that moment when that truth hits me and I can see it and I come to a point where I know I cannot change myself and I can repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. In that same prayer of repentance, I see grace come flooding in like a superpower that says, all right, now that you've repented, I'm going to give you the supernatural ability to say no to that thing the next time. I've seen this practically work in my life so many times. Oh, friends, at some point I had a massive struggle with depression. And in those moments where these anxious thoughts and these, these uncertainties and this worry would flood my soul and I would repent and say, Lord, no, this will not lord it over me. This will not be my master. Jesus, you are my master. And I repent of that thing in that moment. I say, Lord, please have grace and give me your grace to say no to this sin. And friends, I don't know how this always works, but it's as if I just get kind of green muscle like Hulk and I can just have the ability to say, I will not fear. I will have faith. I will not look a second time. I would look away. I would say no to ungodliness and yes 
to righteousness and to self-control. That is the power and the effect of grace in our lives. And, and we need to practice this. You see, many times when we are confronted with a sin in our life or a weakness or something that we need to repent of, we sometimes try and fix ourselves. But it's the same as somebody that thinks that they can save themselves at salvation. My good works can save me. We think that maybe I can save myself by trying hard enough, by willpower to say no to sin or whatever. We cannot. As you need grace at salvation, you need grace with sanctification. Grace at justification, salvation, being born again, cannot save yourself. It's the same <laughs> that we access this superpower when we come and say, Lord, I repent. I need your grace to make me more patient, to make me more loving, to turn away from that sin. You see, it's the amazing thing. Grace is covered all across my Christian walk. It is everywhere. It's the same gospel that saved me, that keeps on saving me. And today, I want to challenge you to live a grace-filled life. To have a life where it's not striving, trying so hard. You know, the Christian life isn't difficult. It is impossible. That's why God has placed the one who can live the Christian life, Jesus, <laughs> by Spirit, inside the one who cannot live the Christian life, Ratif, so that the one who cannot live the Christian life, Ratif, can live the Christian life, empowered by grace. You see, it's when we come to, an, to a place where we're actually at the end of ourselves, not just for salvation, but also for living this Christian life. I want to tell you, friends, victory is possible. You can walk in victory. You can walk in victory. It's going to take faith and it's going to take humility. Humility says, I cannot, but you can. I'm at the end of my rope, but Lord, you can empower me. It's activated by repentance. And maybe it might be a daily repentance in the beginning for you. I'm not sin conscious or sin focused. No, I'm just grace focused because I want more grace in my life. And this is where God comes rushing in with his grace. If I have these short moments of repentance, these moments of Lord, I cannot, but you can. Then grace not only saves, but grace empowers me to live a godly life. And I want to pray with you today. Firstly, if you've never received the grace of Jesus, to be saved, to be born again, to be 100% sure. I want to help you today. Maybe you're not part of the Every Nation in Mumbela Church, but somebody sent you this link and you are just tuning in. I want to give you the good news. The good news is the gospel. The gospel that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life that you should have lived. But he also lived a perfect life and then died the death that you should have died in your place. Because he loves you. Because he wants a relationship with you. And after three days, he rose from the dead, proving that he is the son of God. And now he's offering the gift, this free gift of salvation, of grace to you. If you would repent and believe. I want to help you with that prayer. That's my first prayer. And if that's you today, would you just 
pray either out loud or in your heart with me as I pray and lead you in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I realize I cannot save myself. There's an eternal separation between me and you because of my sin and my sinful nature. And your word says clearly that I need to be born again. So today, I ask your forgiveness. Lord, I repent and I turn to you. Come and save me by your grace and by your power. I receive this free gift and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You might think, well, is that all? Yes, that was a simple prayer. I prayed 26 years ago and I received Jesus and I was justified in a moment. If that was you, I want to ask you to please reach out to this church plant to let them know what has happened to you. Reach out via Facebook or YouTube or anybody that you know in this church and say, please now walk with me, disciple me so that I can be strong in Christ. Second group I want to pray for people who are born again grace has saved you but right now you know that grace needs to keep on transforming you sanctifying you and you want to see this activated in your life can i pray with you oh lord thank you for grace unmerited favor that we receive that which we do not deserve a gift not just the gift of salvation through faith and by grace, but also this gift of being empowered to say no to sin and to say yes to godliness and to live upright and self-controlled lives in this present age today. And Father, you know people are, might, might, might be struggling with sin for many years, secret sin or public sin, and you want to sanctify them by your grace as they now repent of these things maybe your repentance needs to be in front of a christian brother or sister where you need to bring this thing into the light and say i cannot walk with this anymore you choose to bring it into the light as john 1 says so that the blood of jesus can cleanse you you can have fellowship with other brothers and sisters in christ Repent of that. Bring it to Him and say, Lord, I cannot save myself, but you can and you want to. Lord, let your grace now come rushing in like a sweet river of love, of transformation right now in this moment. Yes, we're going to walk it out. Yes, we're going to practice it daily. Not trying to save ourselves, but let your grace transform us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Friends, we are grace people. We are faith people. And grace is there if you would humble yourself constantly before God. And by faith, receive His grace. You know, the moment that you've repented, you need to stand up by faith and by grace. And not be condemned by the enemy anymore. You need to keep on walking now by grace and by faith. And that's why discipleship is so important. You need to be in a connect group. You need to be discipled to keep on walking with people and then also start discipling others as they walk in freedom. 
all my love from Isabel, my wife, and our Elidus Park family, and also the greater Every Nation Swanee family. May you guys go make disciples, raise leaders, and plant more churches by the grace of God. We love you so much. Bless you and have a wonderful day.